Hey everybody, it's Erin from Classrooms and Cats, and I am really excited that you decided to jump into this podcast episode. It is episode number four, and it's actually piggybacking on the episode that I did last week in regards to mental health. I wanted to talk about ways that we can prioritize our student mental health, both inside the classroom and inside the school. So I think that I just really want to touch on a few ways that we can really help our students and help grow their mental health so that it becomes stronger. And I really think that by doing this, it's going to also help us engage with our students and it's going to build our relationship with them, which is obviously something that is very, very important. So I just want to say first and foremost that I truly believe that mental health is health. And I think that when students are at their best, they're better able to learn. And when they're better able to learn, they can meet their goals. And you know what? That's what we want. We want our students meeting their goals. So I also think that mental health is so important for all of our students, not just the ones that are struggling, because we have no idea how these students handle their emotions or manage their emotions. And they might need mental health coping skills at home and they don't need them at school. So just because you don't think that they don't need them doesn't mean that that's true because I think that all of these strategies are going to help students manage their emotions and cope with stress and that will in turn make them more productive and it'll help them feel their best. So I think also too that what I want to say, you do not have to implement every single one of these ideas. You can choose the ones that work best for you and you can go with those because if you are not genuine in your delivery or it's something that's hard for you as a teacher, then it might not be something that the students can relate to either. So I want to talk about a few of the strategies that you can use to help your students focus on their mental health. Earlier in the episode, about a minute ago, I just said that building strong relationships is something that is so important. And building those meaningful relationships with your students is something that is going to make or break your school year. If your students feel like you are on their side and that you are rooting for them, it is going to make the school year so much better. So one thing that I really like to do to build the relationship with my students is I actually share information and stories about myself. And if they're struggling with something or they're not really understanding a concept, I can tell them, gosh, I will never forget when I was in kindergarten and I couldn't climb the monkey bars and everybody else could and I was so frustrated with myself. And then we can talk about what frustration means and why they're frustrated. So they realize, oh, she had this emotion too and it's completely normal. And so it's great to share information and stories about yourself And it's also great to let the students share with each other because a lot of times they will talk to each other about things and so they will let each other know how they're feeling and that's always a really good thing for your students to do. And another thing I've noticed is that when students are excited about the lessons that you're teaching, they are going to do better and they're going to focus more and they're going to be more excited about them. So figure out what your students like and use that in your lessons. 
I also think that what we can do is we need to emphasize that social emotional learning because we have got to get that nailed down so that our students can be successful. And so when I say social emotional learning, I mean helping the students acquire the necessary skills to cope with social and emotional ideas that happen in their lives. So what are the skills for them? What are the skills that they need to be successful? They need to know how to manage their emotions. They need to know how to make friends. They need to know how to use self-control. So a lot of times kids don't know how to do this, especially if you're teaching younger kids. They don't just come with the manual and they automatically know how to use their self-control. We have to teach them. So in the very beginning of the year, I really, really bring home that social emotional learning and I do it throughout the year, but I am very hard hitting with it in the very beginning because there are going to be a lot of students that might not know what to do or might not know how to cope or manage their emotions. And so as a teacher, I feel that teaching the curriculum is important, but building that relationship and setting the students up for social emotional success, it is key in the classroom to making everything run smoothly. I think that that is just something that is very important. Another third thing that I've been doing is providing a daily check-in. So I've actually seen this on Instagram and that's where I got the idea from. I by no means made it up myself. So I want my students to understand their emotions as best as they possibly can. So I have a daily check-in where the students can tell me how they're feeling and it's on the board and it's little emojis and I print out the emojis and I put them on the board and then the students can take their name and they can put it underneath the emoji. And I always try to make a point to talk to the students, even if they don't put it on the sad emoji or the frustrated emoji, if they put it on the excited emoji, I want to call them over because I want to find out what they're excited about. So not only am I helping them manage their emotions and address their emotions, but I'm also bringing back that building of a relationship in the classroom. So I'm talking to the students about their um, emotions, no matter what they are, and we can work through them. So if it is an emotion that might need working through, we talk about what we can do and how our day can get better. But if it's an an exciting emotion, then we talk about how excited we are. We talk about times that we, other times that we were excited, and it really helps those students. So I really love the daily emotion check-in. And one thing that I've been doing ever since I started teaching is I love to build time into my classroom to help them just unwind and relax. And their idea of unwinding and relaxing can sometimes be crazy dancing in the classroom, but getting their mind off of what we're doing. So by allowing them some dance time in between our activities or in between our lessons, it really helps the students with their coping. And you know, when we are constantly in go mode, it's just like teachers. We're constantly in go mode. We're running around. We're trying to get everything done. We become grumpy and we become upset set and we don't know what to do and we start just breaking down and the students do that too. So building time into your lessons so that students can get up and move around and just take a mental break from what is going on, even if it's three minutes, that is going to make a big difference with helping them you know, cope with their mental health and cope with their emotions. And I know that a lot of people 
in the early education sector use a morning meeting and I do too. We come to the carpet, we do our morning meeting, we talk about things. Morning meeting is a great time to set up a little chat about how we are feeling, the emotions that we're doing. And you know, what I like to do is I like to do an act it out type of thing sometimes. So if I see that the class is struggling with some type of conflict, then we will do a talk it out or we will do a work it out type activity where we talk about what happened. Then I'll call students up and we'll you know, role play with what happened and what was said. And then we'll talk about the wrong way to do things. And then we'll talk about the right way to do things. And so giving students the opportunity to not only discuss the right way to do things, but also let them talk about that wrong way to do things. Show them that, you know, if we do it this way, it's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt our friends. Let's try it a different way. And let's see the emotion that comes out of it when we do it the right way. That is a huge one for students. You know, I also love to conference with my students. And I have a small group time that I do every day. And I see all of my students in a small group of three or four. And while we're in that small group, I talk to all of them. And it gives me the chance to get to know what they had for dinner and how their weekend was and what they're doing after school. And it just gives me a chance so that I can kind of figure out what's going on. That goes back to building the relationships again and how I'm getting to know my students. So it's really important though to get to know all of them individually as well. So I also like to meet one-on-one with my students. And a lot of times I'll tell them that I'm meeting one-on-one with them because I need to give them a test. I need to see how they're doing or I need to ask them a couple of questions. And you know, a lot of times it's just, what's your favorite food to eat? How did you like playing at recess? What's going on at lunch? Who do you sit with? Um, What do you like about so-and-so in our class? So we talk a lot about the emotions. We talk about what's going on and how they're doing inside and outside of the classroom. And I just want to make sure that my students know that they are loved and cared for. And it provides a really good opportunity for me to discuss the challenges that might come up. So if they say they're struggling at lunchtime or they say that they're having a problem at recess, I'm able to talk to them about that. And together we can work through and we can get some of those coping skills so that we can really improve their mental health and make sure that the students are on the right track. So that is definitely something that I love to do. The last thing that I also do is I have a calm down area in my classroom and it has been absolutely amazing. I love to have a quiet area. It's just outside of my classroom library. It's in my classroom, but it's right outside of the library classroom. And it has different fidget toys in it. It has books about emotions in it. And it talks about there's a little activity where they can count their breaths as they're breathing. They have yoga poses that they can do. So I try to provide them with a lot of different strategies for if they are having you know, a problem with their mental health or something's going on, they can go over to the calm down area and it gives them the opportunity to just be quiet for a few minutes before they move on. And I have noticed that not all of my students use the calm down area, but more often than not, it is used. And the students really do like it. 
I thought for sure that they would take advantage of it or they would just go over there because they didn't want to do what we were doing in class. But I have noticed that they really are utilizing it at the appropriate times. And honestly, who am I to say when they can and cannot go over there? Because they might be struggling with something and I don't know it. So it is open for them to use and they absolutely love it. All right, I know that I said that that was the last one, but I have one more thing because I think this one is a really, really big one. I think that we need to have positive self-talk. And this goes for our students, but it also goes for you as teachers. I think it's mainly for us teachers because we are so good at lifting our students up and making sure that their mental health is on the forefront of our minds that maybe we you know, aren't too good about our own mental health. And maybe we're saying, oh, I'm not a good teacher because of this. Or, oh, if I were a better teacher, I would have done things this way. And it is really hard to give your students amazing mental health advice when you're not taking that advice yourself. So you have got to talk kindly to yourself. You have to use words and verbiage that build yourself up, that build your confidence up so that you can cope with the stresses of the classroom. I love to engage my students in positive self-talk and I always have little affirmations for them to say and to do. And I'll be honest, a lot of times I really like them too. So that's why I continue them in the classroom. So I just like to model self-talk, not model positive self-talk and let my students know that yes, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to feel how you feel, but let's talk about how we can improve ourselves and how we can do better. So I really think that this would be something that would help your students. And I really hope that you got something out of this podcast episode. And if you have any ideas on how we can improve our students' mental health, please go over to classroomsandcats.com and you can connect with me there through the blog and let me know what you do with your students to promote mental health and positive self-talk. All right, guys, that's it for now. I hope that you are having a lovely time teaching. I hope that your year is going absolutely amazing. I know it can be stressful right now with the holidays, but keep up the positive self-talk. Know that you are doing an amazing job and I can guarantee you that your students are absolutely loving your classroom. All right, so until next time, enjoy your teaching and I will see you on the next episode.